From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunchavandy and Corey Clark. Wake up! What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up Warchant, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, coming up on today's show. Mike Norvell contract. We'll try to dive into a little more detail. Irish O'Fell uh, hat tip has given us some information over on the Tribal Council and the rest of the Renegade Express. Warchant.com's Wake Up Warchant presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. CPTallyBar.com is the website. Tom and the Cats jamming live this week. Live music this weekend. Yes, Corey, you were saying? Absolutely. Were saying, okay. Yep. Saturday at uh, 8 or 8.30. Mm. So just when it's dark, head over. Nice, nice. Great food. All day, every day, but those daily lunch specials, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. You can check those out for only $8.99 Monday through Friday. Corner, pocket, bar, and grill, darts, billiards, games, good people, good drinks, better food, all at the Corner, Pocket, Bar, and Grill. Warchant.com, Ultimate Semble Sports Source, thumbs up, five-star ratings, reviews, subscriptions. Do it all. Do it all now. Mm-hmm. Corey, how are you, man? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Hey, thanks for asking, Aslan. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to the rest of the re- of the Renegade Express. If I could just slow down a little bit, Aslan, we'll get to the rest of the Renegade Express, y'all. Um, but our Irish O'Fell managing editor was able to get some information on the Mike Norvell contract, which again we recorded the show the other day and had to scrap it because we did a little bit early. But whatever. But you guys heard our thoughts on it. I don't know, like what people. I think people are expecting like a pound of flesh out of this sort of stuff, Corey. When it comes to these contract buyouts, like, all right, if we're gonna, because listen, Florida State is now on the hook for whatever fifty something million dollars uh, to Mike Norvell at any point here, if they, unless he gets fired for cause if he does something crazy that embarrasses the university and gets arrested or something like that. Otherwise, win, lose, or draw, he's gonna get something like fifty six million dollars out of this university. Now, if he were to leave in two or three years. Uh, Florida State is probably only going to get somewhere in the range of seven to five million dollars. It looks like, according to Ira's reporting, Corey. Um, I don't think that's enough to make people feel good, but I don't know. I guess it's better than nothing. Better than what you, you lost Jimbo for, if you're going to look at it through that prism. What are your thoughts on uh, some of the numbers that Ira was able to dig up, or at least uh, glean, uh, when he thinks about uh, potential buyouts? I mean, again, I, I don't want to go off on another rant. Well, I guess people didn't hear the one I had uh, <laughs> yesterday. Because it was uh, it was thrown in the trash can as I wrote on a uh, the column that I because I wrote a column about it too that's up oh, on nice. the site uh, as people are listening to this you can go read it um, and ma- mainly I make the same points I made yesterday about really it is a good thing for Florida State it shows that it's another good day another good off season move it shows that they're committed to their guy which is important to show the right people and I'm talking about recruits sure but I'm also talking about you know television networks maybe, yeah TV network execs conference commissioners. You're all in. You're willing to play big boy football. It's $8 million a year. Number t- He's the 10th highest paid coach in the country in a conference that doesn't make a lot of money. So it kind of shows you where Florida State's priorities are. All of that is good news. But think just, again, it's, it's just the reality of college football, man. I, I can't think of another sport, American uh, sport, where in an, Ameri- not even an American sport, an American sporting position. Other than college football coaches, um, did Bill Belichick re-up every time he won a Super Bowl? Like, I legitimately don't remember. They might have torn up the contract. I don't know. Did Sean Payton? Um, no, he got extensions because he coached for 20 years. But uh, Sean McVay, like the, these guys, Andy Reid, if he wins this week, or uh, will, will they? Will their will their agents demand that they blow up their contract and and uh, start over, renegotiate? I, it just doesn't seem to be that big a deal in the NFL, but maybe it's because they got all gobs of money and I don't pay attention to it. But the the uh, the 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 tip of the scales in that Florida State is on the hook for we're going to say fifty six million dollars, seven times eight, fifty six million dollars. Whoever buys out Mike Norvell is on the hook for what five to seven. Yeah. What a great gig, man. It's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. But it is what it is, man. There's no use complaining about it. It is what it is. I think, don't don't they in Europe for soccer, like those buyouts are enormous, right? If you want to go purchase Messi off like, another team. Yeah, transfer fees are yeah. absurd. Yes. Can we not just adopt transfer fees? 
or no compete clauses. I don't know. It's just goofy. But it's it, you know, look, it's the it's the price of doing business. Um, so I'm not going to lament it too much. It's the price of doing business. Um, it's not going back. The genie's not being put in that bottle. This is how schools are just going to operate um, with, with with agents and head coaches. But the reality is, um, it's a it, it's a it's a good it's a good deal for everyone involved right now. As I made the point in the column, and I made the point uh, yesterday, if he goes and wins some championships in 2023 or 2024. This contract is getting blown up. They're going to renegotiate. They're going to feel they have to because that's how this sport works. Um, if, they win the, would, if they win the ACC this year, Corey, eminently possible, do you think that they they rework it? I think if there's any word at all that another school is coming calling with big dollar amounts, yes. It's just how it works. It's how life works. Um, so yes, they will have to, if they don't want to lose them, like if there's a real threat and a real worry that A&M or, uh, LSU or whoever, Oklahoma is going to, wants Mike Norvell, you know, that you, you have to, you know, you, I mean, I get that. If, if somebody's offering them $10 million, you can't just say, well, we're going to stay at eight, but please stay with us. I mean, that's kind of not how the world works. So anyway, um, yes, I do think that depending on how the season goes that, that we, I mean, we both know, right. That there's no way, number one, if he's here in 2029, he's done a pretty bang up job, right? Like he's, he's done well enough to not get fired, which means he's won a lot of games and probably maybe a championship or two. We also know that if he's here in 2029, he almost certainly will not be making $8.05 million a year. Hmm. You know, that's yeah. just, it's, it's just, you got to keep up with the Joneses, man. Somebody's going to get, make more than him. Um, and then you got to make sure he's paid more, you know? So anyway, um, but on the whole, I think the biggest moment, the biggest deal about uh, the, the contract extension is again, what it says about Florida state. Hmm. Like that's not a, you know, that's, that's a lot of money. And this isn't sec money that the ACC and Florida state are rolling in. They are completely dedicated to this sport. They are all in. There were questions about that, probably um, unfair, but there were questions about that really for the last four or five years since Jimbo left about how invested was Florida State really in football? How much were they willing to spend? Well, now they're spending in the top, what, 2% of teams in the country. And they got all those analysts with all those crazy titles, uh, all those off staff, those staff members, and it just shows, and they're, they're, they've started or will start soon, the, uh, the, the football facility. The NIL business is thriving. Florida State is all in on football. This is just another example of that. I've got a list in front of me from Sportico showing the top 10 highest paid coaches in American sports, Corey. There's 10 of them. How many of them do you think are college football head coaches out of the 10? Say that again one more time. I've got a list of the top 10 highest paid coaches in American sports. Ooh. How many of them? And this is from December of 2022, so not that long ago. How many of them do you think are college football head coaches of the 10? Five. Three. Three. So Saban? Six are NFL coaches. Three are college head football coaches. Then one's an NBA coach. Who's the NBA coach? Greg Popovich, 13 million American a year. Man, to win 25 games this year, Greg? <laughs> Come on, man. I can tank. They'd be better off spending that money on me. I'll do it for $4 million. I can get what's what's the guy's name everybody wants? What, what Tanabe? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, Saban. Again, I, this might be – I think Kirby might be ahead of him. This is December, so I think Kirby signed a new deal in January last month, if I'm not mistaken. But it's, it's Nick Dabo and Kirby. They're 8, 9, and 10 on the list. Who's one? Bill Belichick, twenty million. He makes twenty million. Mm -hmm. Good for him. And then I, second is say Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll making fifteen million. I would say Belichick's earned his twenty yeah. million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done yeah. all right. Just goes to show you they have all all the money all the money in the world. Um, so yeah, maybe that does happen. Every time Belichick, Belichick wins a Super Bowl, <laughs> they're like price of business is going up. I want extra four million a year, and he's won six of them, so he's made a lot of money. Um, Again, it's just, I think that, also, but how long are those? I know Belichick has a long contract. Those are average salaries per year. But how long is Dabo signed for? How long is Nick signed for? How long is Kirby signed for? Like those dudes are guaranteed probably in the neighborhood of 80 to $100 million. Yeah. 
Like Jimbo's not on that list, but Jimbo probably is guaranteed more money than all in all of the NFL coaches on that list, except maybe one. Just because these co- they, they feel like we got to give them ten years, we got to give them eight right. years. Yeah, it, it's just I don't know what the bidding is against. And again, I, I don't want to lament this because this is a good thing for Florida State, but I don't think NFL teams typically will give a coach ten or twelve years. <laughs> right. You know I, that doesn't seem rational. But college football is still operating under the the. You know, I feel like the blueprint of the 80s and 90s, where if you got a Bowden or a Frank Beamer or a, you know, whoever, uh, I was going to say Jimmy Johnson, but he bounced after three years. One of these guys that was going to be at your program for 10 or 20 years, you gave them long-term or lifetime contracts. But look around, man. College football is turning into the NFL. Like in a year or two, Norvell will probably be the second longest tenured coach in the ACC. Uh, you know, that's just how it works now. So it's crazy to still keep offering seven, eight-year deals. And again, this isn't Norvell-specific. It's college football-specific. When you know that contract is not going to be the same contract in, in three or four years. You just know it. We've all been paying attention. Uh, you know who but, doesn't yeah. have this problem? The state of Mississippi. Because the state of Mississippi, uh, the legislature a while ago, passed a law that no state employee can have a contract longer than four years. Oh. So all those coaches are on four-year deals, and then they just get one-year renewals every oh, year how, pretty How much. are those guys expected to recruit? I don't know, Corey, but somehow you know they're I mean, How's to. that junior in high school going to yeah. be like, what, Lane's not signed through 2028? Yeah. What? He might not be here. I'm not, I, I, got, I want my coach to have security yeah. before I, mean, I commit. You know, I don't think there's been any kind of push in Mississippi to remove that as that being viewed as some sort of obstacle. That'd be really cool if all the other states did that. You know, if Georgia and Florida, all of us did that. But then, you know, people are like, well, then Miami's a private university and they can pay whoever they want in Vanderbilt. And it's like, well, all right, we'll try to recruit to those places. But anyhow, um, some other stuff before we get to the Renegade Express. Uh, shout out to Timothy Icardi. Um, I need this highlighted on Wake Up War Chance next show. He retweets a link from some site. Gen Z college students are stealing Corey's idea. They're creating a concoction of vodka, water, and Mio, and they're carrying it around in gallon jugs, and I call it Borg, B-O-R-G, Blackout Rage Gallon. Oh. So, Corey, you're an innovator, apparently. I am. I'm not blacking out. I'm not in our raging, Um, but I also don't drink a gallon. So what my, my, if people really want to do try this, college kids, I'm talking to you guys specifically. If you really wanted to go the Corey Clark route, because I'm not here advocating, I don't want anybody to get blackout drunk. Like literally. Everything in moderation. Drink responsibly, kids. What are you doing shots for? What's the purpose of it? Why are you doing it? To get going quickly, man. Get something, you know. Man, you're, you're going to be fine. It's a long night. There's no, I, I just wish everybody, and this includes me, man. I was young once. Heck, I've done it here probably too recently where I wish people could see how unapproachable and annoying they are when they're at their drunkest. You're incoherent. You're not fun to talk to. People are waiting for you to leave or at least leave the conversation because you're not clever and you're not funny and nobody wants you around in this state. I wish people would video their friends when they're like that and say, this is you after your five tequila shots, dumb dumb. This isn't fun for any of us. So how about maybe one shot to get it started, and then at midnight, if a buddy comes and say, ah, oh, we're doing shots, slap them in the face. But anyway, here's the drink real quick, and then we'll get to Renegade Express. I assume this isn't one of the questions asked. It's not, Corey. No, it's so what drink. I do at Corner Pocket is I order a shot of vodka, and I order a t- it's a tall glass of water. They know. They actually bring me a pitcher of it now because yeah. they, the, they know the drill. I take, I take half the shot of vodka, not the whole thing, because they healthy pours at CP. Strong. So sometimes I'll even do a third. Mm. I'm just dumping like half at most of that shot into the water, squirt my meals in there. I sip on that for, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes. Then the other shot goes in. How big the is, the, con- the, how big is the glass of water that you're pouring it into? It's a big one. It's a monster. Okay. It's like uh, picture like uh, a cafeteria, one of those red cafeteria cups. <laughs> the ones yeah. that those go plastic up. Plastic ones that are yeah. like, yeah. You, you kind of see through them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. One of those. So that's what I'm doing. I'm doing that. I can sit there for four hours. That's probably the equivalent of four shots. Daddy's fine. But I'm feeling good. Anyway, that's that's a little life hack from Corey S. Clark. Noel Freak 85 said there was some discussion on yesterday's Wake Up Board Chant about why baseball never has a home series 
while the spring game is going on. But you know who does? Softball. They are at home versus Virginia. 1 p.m. is the game. Hmm. So would be cool for a War Chant staff to maybe do something for both events, he says, or get word to the athletic folks about promoting the softball game as a lead-in. Just a thought. We'll see what we can do. That is a good thought, and that is good. Hey, smart for them, right? Uh, heck, they drew they draw as good a crowds as, or at least last year, they drew as good a crowds as the, as the baseball team did and were much more enjoyable to watch. Hmm. All right, let's uh, get back to it then. Renegade Express, y'all. Uh, a couple more questions. Well, several questions, but we'll try to get to all of them here. Dalvinism. Wake up. If the season plays out like we hope it does, is it inevitable that Norvell will be one of the hottest names in the sport? What lessons should be learned from the end of the Jimbo era when it comes to trying to keep a coach that everybody wants? Or is FSU just destined to be a stepping stone to an upper echelon SEC power, and there's not much we can do about it? Well, well, that was well, well, first off, uh, A&M's not an upper echelon SEC power. That's absolutely true. Uh, there was a different AD. There's a whole different – listen, they didn't give Jimbo short shrift, but I don't think they gave him probably as much as he deserved. Again, we, can, we don't need to relitigate this, but it definitely seems like Mike Norvell's gotten everything he wants. The football facility is being built. Uh, you cannot park anywhere near the Moore Center because there's all these reserve spots now for all these analysts and all these assistants. So, like, he's getting all this sort of stuff. So, I don't know about the lessons. There's there's nobody really even in play, though, Corey, right? Like, Stan Wilcox isn't here. Andy Miller isn't here. There's there's all new sort of administration. The president, you know, John Thrasher's not here. So, I think the people in place know what needs to happen to create, like, an environment to make their football coach feel love, like the real love, the over-the-top love. So, I, I think any sort of lesson, I don't know if it's been learned or you just have people that are already aware of it and they've brought it to the table with their new positions. Well, look, man, money helps, too. The, the guy just got a, a 60% raise for a 10-win season. Um, so that, I think that's, the, is that math right? Going from five to eight? So, yeah, three million to five million, that's 60. Yeah, so he got a 60% raise. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, you know, Gene, when we were talking with yesterday with Gene and I was going on about what, what did this, what did this really accomplish? Because nobody wanted him right now. So why not wait? until he has another big season before you give him the monster raise. Uh, but Gene brought up a good point, and it is a good point. Like, maybe by that time it's too late. Like, you right now, let's say that Norvell has a great season. Um, they go 11-1 and and make the playoff. Whether they win a championship or not, they win an ACC championship, they make the playoff, and who knows. That's a great season by any yes. definition. Yes. Well, at that point, the you know, the the... The, it was going to come due. The payment was going to come due. But now you've kind of uh, preemptively done it. Now you might give them a bump, but who is going to come that, that has that kind of money? Like who is going to come that that is going to offer him so much more than that that you can't at least come close to it? And you, know, you, somebody and, is, and you haven't really poisoned the well by pushing off a raise. Correct, right, and that's know. what, you know, I always bring it back to Freddie Freeman, but the Braves not giving Freddie Freeman an extension until he was an actual free agent, I think always irked Freddie Freeman. And he was, you know, yes, he wanted to stay a Brave or whatever, but it always irked him. And he's like, man, y'all didn't, y'all waited till I was, uh, what, we won a World Series? And I was, you know, great in the postseason and, and hit all these big home runs and was great again in the regular season to really offer me this money. You could have offered me this money two years ago. Did you not believe in me then? I think doing it now maybe preemptively yeah. keeps uh, the wolves at bay for another year or two at least, I think. And it makes your coach feel appreciated, which he should. The flip side is, what if they don't have a good year? What if he ends up not being a great coach? Well, you've just invested $56 million in the guy. Um, again, though, I don't think Florida State administrators and fans, and I'm not either, are really worried about that. I do believe in the guy. I think you, if you believe in the guy in this day and age, in the price of business now, especially in a place like Florida State, does, does not get that SEC money. If you have a guy that you really believe in, you're not taking, you don't feel like you're taking a flyer on someone, but you've seen him up close now for three years and you see the way he builds a program and you truly believe in every ounce of your being that this is a championship coach and a guy that can be great here, you do whatever you can to make him feel honor, deserve, you know, make him feel gratitude and make him feel respected and try to keep him here. And I think that's what they did. I don't think it was just a matter of, hey, you want a 10-win season, but I think they, tr if it was a 10-win season, 
but they didn't believe in the guy behind the scenes, I don't think they do it to this extent. I think they truly believe this is the guy they want coaching them six years from now and that he's going to win championships along the way. I don't know what his ceiling is. I don't know if he can win a national title. I sure hope he can, but I think we at least know the floor, right? As long as they're in this conference, although who know who knows how long they'll be in this conference, but it feels like nine wins is like the floor with this guy now. In this conference with these sort of schedules that we're seeing. Like an average over like three years, you mean? I don't know. Like, I, just, I mean, you look, some, some it'd be stuff It'd crazy to see them go eight and five in the next well, three years. Well, this year, but you never know what 2024 would be or 2025. You might have a little rebuild where you, you take yeah, a, you lose a your, dip. Again, well, you know, you, you couldn't wait. What you really want to do is wait two years to see how he coaches without Jordan Travis to see if it's – is it is it the quarterback or is it the coach that's – really more responsible for this sort of you know uptick if you will but I think for sure you saw how dark it could be you could see how low you could fall this this place is not blessed somehow to where you can just put whoever at charge of it and you'll just start winning if Bobby did what he did what was amazing you thought the Jimbo just whatever man Jimbo's good but you know it's not it's the foolproof. brand it's not foolproof right you know right yeah. so and then you look around again, man. You look at Elijah Drinkwitz. You look at how much Lane's making. Lane's my guy. Lane finished with like a four or five game losing streak last year. I think he's making yeah. $9 million. So he's still making more than Mike Norvell. And he, you know, didn't do as well this past year. But on the whole, these past three years, he has done better. So, man, it's it's market rate. And, um, you know, they're, they're playing ball, as Corey said earlier. So we're good. Lessons have been learned, which is a good thing. Three, two. Your body will thank you when you take vitamin energy, energy levels, boosted, antioxidant support, boosted, immune system, boosted. All the benefits of vitamin energy are packed in one convenient shot. It supports weight loss, gives you seven or more hours of energy. Tastes really good, too. I'm telling you, picky palate over here, Corey. I love mm. the taste of all these that I've had. And super convenient to drink. You can carry the bottle around with you everywhere. Ladies, if you got a clutch, it'll even fit in a clutch, I think. I, I don't have a clutch, but I think it would fit in your clutch. And it absolutely no would, yeah. crash. The no crashing thing. It's probably the most important part of this whole thing. I don't think you should even call it vitamin energy, Corey. Just call it like no crash. But I'm not in marketing. But it's delicious. Vitaminenergy.com, everybody. Are the folks there, Florida State alums, hooking you up with a promo code of Warchant B-O-G-O, Warchant BOGO. Buy one item, get one item free. It's that easy over at vitaminenergy.com. And, Corey, they're going to be mailing us out apparently four new potions, concoctions that they've been working on. I'm excited. Can't wait. Give me some it's Bart Scott time. right now. Can't it's wait. It's about time. I'm getting tired of sour apple. <laughs> Get, no, I'm just kidding. I got they sent us a ton already. I I can't even imagine. But we're gonna we're we're set to like July. Oh. Um, except I'm I'm splitting mine in half because of Brady. That's right. I'm gonna get Stephanie to start on them too. Okay. I, we, we, it's gonna be a family thing. Spread we're all lot. gonna see where we are and what's going on because I do. You feel you feel a little uh feel a little uh, vim and vigor. Okay. I think I said that right. I do. Uh, when when I drink these things, and you should point out, yes, they do taste good, but even if they didn't, it's not like it's a full red cafeteria water bottle, <laughs> water cup that full you're drinking circle. out of. It's full just a circle. little shot. Yeah. So even if it didn't taste good, it's not like that really matters. It's but it certainly doesn't taste like medicine or anything. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's like it's almost like a dessert for me. And then I'm like, ooh, there you go. That tastes really good. And then like an hour later, I'm when just do you in the take gym. Chip's throwing it up. I'll usually take it probably like one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, I took mine uh, on well today on Thursday. I took mine at what was it eleven? Mm. So, I should yeah. probably take it earlier, but I make my breakfast when I wake up late and everything. But um, mm. nonetheless, it never fails. Vitaminenergy.com, everybody use that promo code WarChampBogo B O G O. Buy one get one free. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Esquin67, wake up, was thrilled about our new coaching addition and how he will impact our defense. That would be Patrick Sertan. Thank you for providing details about him and keeping it exciting during the offseason. Keep bringing it. I am also excited about the baseball and softball seasons for FSU. Can't wait for a strong run in both sports. Do we start a new streak of 40 wins in baseball? 
Also, any chance of a war chant meet and greet for spring football? Go Knowles, S. Quinn, 67, class of 93. Ugh, I don't know, 40 wins. 40 wins is tough right now, Corey, because like, everybody's yeah. pretty decent. Yeah, and there's just so much unknown. Like, I do think there's a lot of talent on the mound, but it's a lot of unproven talent. Um, lineup should be okay. Um, if they're just fundamentally sound, that should the war of that the, uh, would be three, probably two or three, if you can just run the bases. I mean, I bet they lost. They probably lost three to five games from base running and fielding. If that can be, but they're still going to be a college team. It's not like you're going to be watching the Houston Astros. They still will make errors in the field, or they will make error on the errors on the bases because they're 19 and 20, and they're still learning the game at this level. So it's not like they're going to be a perfect team. But if they can improve on that enough to the Link Jarrett Notre Dame standard, then you would think that would lead to three to five more wins. You would think, but. I still think I, I don't know that I believe in the pitching enough on the whole to think 40 wins as a uh, well, I mean, you know, they make a run and make a run the post. They I do not. I'm almost certain it's a, it's almost a great. It would be a I would bet a lot of money that they'll be under 40 wins heading to the postseason because to get to 40 wins in, in college baseball now before the postseason, you have to be awesome and you're going to be ranked in the top eight or 10 in the country. And I don't think they're going to be that good this year Seminole Carroll wake up Seminole fans let's see here uh, listening to the broadcast earlier um, I am optimistic about 2023 she did some research about the worst stretch of football 73 own 11 74 1 and 10 75 yeah. 3 and 8 the following season they hired Bobby Bowden we all know what evolved after that my point is with the right coach right staff right athletic director right university president right build right dynamics we have a fighting chance again. One important point, they did not have a transfer portal. So I feel with all the returning veteran players, the addition of experienced transfer players, and most of the high school recruits, we will be fine as long as the key players stay healthy, of course. We certainly cannot fall into a 73-75 stretch again. Thoughts? Agree or disagree? As always, go Seminoles. Yeah, I mean, I think they, they we just got through that 73-75 to, to 75 stretch. And uh, yeah, it took Norvello a little bit longer than it took Bowden, but you know Bowden's one of the best to ever do it. And there was a that was just a great uh, you know cacophony of events that happened right there with, with Bowden in the late seventies. Uh, his personality, the the state population was exploding with talent. Um, his ability to recruit, all that just made them uh, the offense um, made them you know kind of one of the one of the darlings of college football there. And then they turned into what they turned into, um, but. Yeah, I, I think going back to Norvell, um, I, you know, you like the guy you have. And if you trust him, I, w would you not be stunned, Aslan, unless just half the team breaks its leg? Would you not be stunned? I mean, I would be stunned if this thing in the next, it's, let's say he's coaching here in 2027. I would be stunned if he had a stinker of a year. What's a stinker? Would. Like seven and six? Five wins, four wins, okay. six and six. six and Somewhere yeah. where you're, yeah. you're, you have to beat Florida to go to a bowl. I would just be stunned. Yeah. yeah. Now, I'm not saying I would be, I, I would also be stunned, well, pretty stunned if they won a national championship. But I think he's going to live in that area of contending for playoffs, getting to the playoffs, and always being pretty good. Say like Mark I would Richt, say, right? like Mark Richt, but there's a playoff now. Mark Richt at Georgia, you mean? Yeah. Not Miami. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's not that's not a bad comparison because, look, people can roll their eyes. Mark Richt in 2007 probably had the best team in the country. It was just that weird year where everybody had two losses and they chose LSU instead of his team uh, to go play for the play for the championship. And in 2002, they I think they finished with one loss. He had some great years in between the mediocre. I, I, I don't I would be surprised, though, even if Norvell had the Richt mediocre years of the six wins now, because he had a few of those too, a few of those stinkers. I, I don't. I, I'm just as long as I'm he's in this in conference. This guy. As long as he's in this conference. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, the way the ACC is currently constructed, the way he has this thing rolling, clearly the way the administration and the people that matter around Florida State football are ponying up this kind of money, and, and the way the way he can develop, uh, evaluate all of that stuff. I, I the the culture he's built. I think I think at worst you're looking at like. I don't know, man, like a Penn State run of the last four or five years. Hmm. I know they had the, the bad one during COVID, but I don't even count that. Like yeah. Penn State's always, what, like 11th? 
Right. Yeah. Ninth. I mean, they're always right there. Uh, that like a James Franklin. I think that's 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 certainly what you can expect. It may be you get a special quarterback, a couple of special people on defense, and you make a run at the the whole thing. M. Adam sees eats Mark down in Naples. Wake up. With Jalen Hurts and Mahomes a quarterback in the Super Bowl, those teams having essentially built their teams around them, I can't help but think about Jordan Travis. Hurts lost his job at Bama. Mahomes wasn't exactly a surefire thing when he was drafted. Travis, meanwhile, has the ability to make Mahomes-type plays, and his accuracy has become very good as he's evolved at quarterback. Do you see a similar journey for Jordan? Seems at this point the only question mark from NFL scouts would be durability, but he sort of answered that last year, only missing the second half against Louisville. Not that he's grown some real confidence in Norvell's offense. His football IQ seems to be off the charts, and he makes winning plays when they need to be made. Can't teach a lot of things he does. I can see it for Jordan. Go Knowles. Still not there yet. I'm, what, I'm, was I'm the question, could he, could he be Mahomes in college? I guess he's a similar journey for Jordan. I mean, can, oh. can he be a Mahomes uh, or maybe even Jalen Hurts? Like teams will, you know, they'll build everything around him, franchise quarterback. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, right? I, I, I would, I don't expect him to be a, a first round pick. I think if he thought he was going to be a first round pick, the, the nil money wouldn't have made a darn bit of difference. He wouldn't be here anymore. Um, but yeah, I think but he can. One more year of this, though. No, I, I think he can play himself into a, um, a very intriguing candidate. In the in the first two days of the draft, let's say, I'm not going to say first rounder. I'm not yeah. going to limit him to second round or third round. But don't you think? If he has a Heisman caliber year, if he plays the whole season like he played, what, the final, well, really the whole year, but let's say from Clemson on. Yeah, I mean, that's a Heisman caliber quarterback. That's one of the best players in the United States. If he can do that again for a full season and stay healthy, I mean, I don't think he's as talented preternaturally throwing the football as Bryce Young, but he's bigger than Bryce Young. Yeah. And he runs. Like, Bryce Young doesn't run. Um, so I, I think there's going to be some intrigue there, especially as you mentioned with Jalen and, and Mahomes. Like again, Mahomes might be the best to ever do it. So let's. I don't want to put that kind of uh, albatross on anyone. Um, but the, you look at the Super Bowl and those two quarterbacks. I think maybe the days of <laughs> clearly the days of the six-five, lead-footed, two hundred twenty-five pound, looks like a male model quarterback they don't well, I, I think the maybe they're maybe that's not as big a deal as it like i and i might this might be the freezingest cold take of all time but what are we doing with will levis like all of a sudden i, I saw mel kuyper had him the kentucky quarterback yeah, like is yeah. the fourth pick in the draft yeah he's big and because strong. of the measurables because josh allen i think they think he's like a josh allen clone like just big well, maybe but yeah, so uh, you know, Josh arm. Allen is a. I think Josh Mobile. Allen's like a unicorn because he's he has that athleticism. He's also a monster. Yeah. He's a six foot six monster. Um, <laughs> they don't make him like that necessarily. So I think Jordan's durability and maybe his top end arm strength will keep him from being a first round pick. But I am certainly not going to sit here and say that will keep him from being an NFL player or maybe even an NFL star. We'll How, see. What about? You compared him to Lamar Jackson a while ago, and I thought I was ridiculous. I, I don't think he's nearly as explosive running the ball as Lamar Jackson is, but I, I think he's much more comfortable in the pocket as a quarterback making throws downfield than Lamar Jackson. Um, who knows what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson? I don't think the Ravens are going to let him walk. I mean, he got drafted, I think, at the bottom of the first round. I yeah, wonder if like they, 32, I yeah, think. I wonder if they look at Jordan Travis and they I, – because I agree. Like, I don't think his arm strength – is strong enough to make the throws that he's able to make at college when he's able to scramble away from things like those windows won't be there. I don't know if he'll be able to create as much of that. But you look at a guy like Lamar Jackson, like you thought there's no way he's going to be able to do what he did in the NFL that he did in college. I mean, guy won an MVP and has been pretty much doing a lot of the same stuff, and he played in the same league that Jordan played in. So I think the difference with Lamar, though, is he's bigger, number one. He's faster. And Jordan Travis is fast. Lamar Jackson's just next-level fast. Yeah. And the arm strength. I mean, he does make some ridiculous throws that I don't know that are in Jordan's bag. But, you know, what if Jordan, I mean, it, it, you just look around the NFL, man, like Davis Mills, can Jordan Travis not be as good as that dude? Like that dude started for a full year or two. The, Taylor Heineke, 
Like these guys, I think Jordan Travis can be on their level or above their level. And these guys started in the NFL for full seasons. Now, again, I don't know that he can be an all pro, but I'm not going to sit here and say he can't look at the just in a people still might be screaming at me like you're an idiot. You don't know anything about the NFL. Think about what we thought of Jordan Travis after the Notre Dame game of 2021 and what he looked like, quite frankly, in that game compared to what he looked like against Oklahoma. That you were talking about the span of 14 and a half months. He made that big a leap. So who's to say the next leap isn't as big or bigger? And then you are talking about That's, a guy that can be an yeah. early round pick. Yeah, that'd be absurd. I'm here for it, though. Me too, baby. Come on, Jordan. No pressure. Seminal life. Wake up, fellas. Love the content, and I truly appreciate it. Thanks, man. Hey, thank you. Do you guys have a preference on offensive styles and schemes? We have seen stark differences over the last 20 years, so I was curious to what you guys enjoy watching the most. I like this offense. I mean, Me I think this, this is pretty NFL-ish, right? I mean, that, that's going to bode well for Jordan, too, just in terms of the amount of shifts and formations and uh, just sort of multiplicity. There's a there's a hot, buzzy word for you, mm. y'all, folks. Yeah. Uh, and we're not we don't run very fast. We're not we're not too gimmicky. I don't there's not a lot of like stuff that we create based off of taking advantage of the rules in terms of like moving the ball, you know, snapping the ball fast and, and things of that nature. I don't like that stuff. I just I don't know if that feels to me, you know, there's there's honor in winning. There needs to be a little bit of honor in, in winning. And and when you start doing that kind of Kendall Bryle stuff, it's like eh, eh. I, mean, I get when you have just you hope that you're at a point where you've created enough talent and you're implemented things well enough that you don't need to re, you know regress to that level of uh, play or what have you but yeah man listen the, everybody on that field is liable to catch the ball whether it's at the 270 pound lumbering tight end uh marquise and douglas or if it's a shifty back like lawrence toafili six foot seven giant like johnny wilson your smaller slot guys jakai douglas i mean everybody on that field is liable to catch the ball and that's got to be really fun for a quarterback and as a, as a fan um it makes your offense pretty and in, pretty indefensible. Uh, so I don't know what you would really. Not that you're complaining about summer life, but I don't know. Like, what could you look at this offense the way they play and be like, ah, I wish we would, we played like Team X, Y, or Z. I don't. I don't see it. I'm and I'm pretty picky when it comes to offense. I like the way Jimbo ran things, but I I like this offense a lot. A lot. Yeah, I I do too. Um, I like it. I really do like it. And Jimbo had some really good offenses. I think this is better than anyone he had, other than thirteen, which was an all timer, maybe the best I've ever seen including LSU, only because of the pace of play. Like, what Florida State did in 2013 was unbelievable when you look at the numbers. 94 touchdowns, and they were like one of the, I don't know, 10% of the slowest teams in the country as far as pace of play, and they still scored 94 touchdowns. It was absolutely incredible. The most Probably the most efficient offense of all time. But I like it because of the big plays, man. Like it, it, it can beat you a number of different ways. And I, I don't know if this question was more about, you know, 80% throw versus 60% run. I like that it's balanced. I think you need to be balanced, but I also like that it can beat you with big plays in both the run and the pass. Um, and I think that's because it is hard sometimes against good teams to get seven first downs in a row. Mm -hmm. It just is. It's hard, but Hey man, if you get one first down and then a 60 yard touchdown, well, that was fun. Let's go back to the sideline. And they did that a lot, or a 50-yard first down instead of ever. And that was the thing I remember. We went to the, uh, when was it? It must have been the 2012 ACC championship game. I don't know why this memory just came up. Ira and I were in a bar in Charlotte that I think Johnny Knoxville was there that night. Nice. A little random trick. Jim Lamar was there. It was a good time. Um, and uh, Jim Lamar and Johnny Knoxville in the same spot. Are you kidding Seriously? me? Seriously, golly. And, um they had highlights of like the 90s era Florida State games on for some reason, just because it was a Florida State booster event. So they had like the, they had highlights from the 98 um, Florida State season or the 99 Florida State season. And you watched Winky drop back and just throw to dudes running scot-free. Yeah. It's like every play they showed was another 50-yard play or a 70-yard touchdown. And I just remember Ira and I joking about like, and then you think about the offense we're covering, and it is such a grind just to get a first down, and nobody's running open like that ever. And then the next year happened, and and people were running free, and that was an incredible offense. So Jimbo got the last laugh there. But that's kind of how I feel of watching this offense now is kind of how I felt in the 90s where it's like third and six, big deal. Hmm. A second and 12, big deal. 
okay, you haven't had a, you've had two drives in a row where you didn't score. Well, this will be a touchdown drive. It just feel, and you're going to hit a couple of big plays. Every game, you're going to hit a couple of big plays uh, because that's what they did. I think they led the country. I don't know what the final stats were. They either top three in the country in amount of explosive plays. Uh, and it's just, that's what this offense does. I would dare say, Aslan, it's built for playmakers. Accurate. So I, I love what he's done. I love the screen packages to the tight ends and the running backs, which should be even better this year because the upgrade at tight end. Um, and I and I just, I, I think when you've got a quarterback that sees it and knows what he's doing and understands the offense like Jordan Travis does, it should be really, really fun to watch. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just incredibly... I don't know. It's it's the balance that just makes defenses unbalanced. It just you do not know what they're going to run. And in terms of you're talking about third and six, not a big deal. It, it's not so much like all right, third and six. Not, it's like what do I want to do here? Do I want to throw for the first down or do I want to run it on third and six? Like they can do everything in pretty much any situation. Uh, red zone, yeah, doesn't matter. It's uh, but I mean, on the converse, was, it's like I'm sure teams that the teams that play us cannot stand uh, this offense. But no, hey. you don't. Who do you? Who do you? Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to defend, yeah. man. It's all very. The only team that did it well was NC State, in my opinion. Yeah. And a lot of that had to do with your receivers just dropping passes. You dropped, you know, two huge passes, including a touchdown in that game. Um, that maybe the whole score is di- the whole game is goes different. Um, but that was. That was really the only time all season where it struggled. That offense really looked like 2020, 2019, 2018, one of those. Everything else, it felt like a 90s Florida State offense, and it should be even better this year. Only a few days away from the big game. Get over to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code WARCHANT for a cash deposit bonus. It works really easy. Just wager your deposit amount once, and then you are eligible to cash on out. All right, let's go to some of these props. MVP Super Bowl prop. He's on the board, y'all. Josh Sweat is an MVP candidate for the big game over on mybookie.ag. The odds, plus 17,000. So if you put 10 bucks down on Josh to win the MVP and he gets a pair of sacks, maybe an interception like Kane Doe-esque versus North Carolina 2020, maybe scoop and score fumble, uh, you would win $1,700 if he is the MVP. Plus 17000 are the odds. You can bet the long shots, or you can bet the ones that might be a little bit more safe. Whatever you want, it's over at mybookie.ag, and when you use that promo code WARCHANT, you'll get an instant cash deposit bonus. Can't tell you who's going to win the Super Bowl, but we can tell you where we're placing our bets. MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere over at mybookie.ag. Again, promo code WARCHANT. All right, two more. Let's get to them. Let's do it. Random underscore John. With conference realignment still the rage with all the cool kids, how do you feel about FSU being in the ACC after learning that, quote, a negotiated buyout, Big 12 exit fees are reportedly estimated in the ballpark of 84 to $90 million for an exit only one year early? I guess this was the Texas-Oklahoma stuff that they were trying to leave early to the SEC and got, wow, it cost. that's how much they wanted? Reportedly, I guess, allegedly, from each school or from both schools, like combined. I would assume. He, I mean, Ooh. if it was both schools combined, I think they yeah, would have been like, "All right, uh, yeah. we'll do it." In five to seven years, as the payout differences get grossly wider and wider, will FSU become an afterthought program based on money? At some point, the gap will have to matter, right? At what point do programs like Illinois and Rutgers, with their future money, outweigh the actual value of FSU to recruits? Is that even possible? Are we on the Titanic? Sinking to slow irrelevance, gasping at the last chances for championship air, or is there a lifeboat on the way? And what does that even look like? Have a great week, everyone. Go Knowles. There you go. What a what an uplifting message there. Um, it's to be determined, right? I, I I just don't. We don't know, man. That it's ever shifting. The landscape is ever shifting. Um, it, it, it stands to reason that if the money gap continues to get wider and wider, well, then the NIL gap gets wider and wider, and then maybe an Illinois or Rutgers could buy a recruit from you that normally wouldn't go there or keep a kid that wants, you know, that's interested in Florida State, but he stays in Illinois because of the NIL because they've got so much more money funneling in. Um, it's going to be interesting with all that TV revenue if it's earmarked for something. You know what I mean? I think we were talking about this with uh, Ira. Well, yeah, we did uh, earlier this week with like 
because the, well, you're operating in a deficit or a, a surplus or whatever these athletic departments are, a lot of it is, ba you know, what, what are they going to do? What is Vanderbilt going to do with that extra $40 million it makes? How much goes back to the school? How much goes to the uh, booster? Do they, can they even give it to the boosters? Like I, my biggest concern is how much of that TV money ends up in the pockets of people that can give it to the pockets of players. Like, you know, what if Vanderbilt's making $40 million more than you each year, but they can only uh, invest it back into the school itself and build a bunch of shinier stuff, then you're, you really don't have anything to worry about. It's if that money can be earmarked for player retention, uh, player acquirement, that, that acquisition, I guess. I don't think acquirement's a word. Player acquisition. That's when you start to, uh, you, you start to really worry, in my opinion. Because of the way, you know, now that NIL is this, man, I, I you know, th that TV money is, to me, it doesn't mean a ton unless it somehow siphons back down to the people that pay for player acquisition. Yeah. Well, the one thing, you know, capital investments, I agree with you. I mean, there's only so many things you can build. Uh, but I would, I would imagine that money can go to better coaches' salaries and then larger staffs, which could be a little bit of an equalizer maybe for like a Michigan State versus Florida State but not for like Rutgers I don't think you know um you know there's there's those mid-tier programs maybe in the Big Ten that if they're making that much more money and they have that much of a bigger staff can maybe tell you that they'll be able to you know coach you up better groom you better and maybe they'll be a little bit more successful in the field because they have all these guys yeah like each player gets his own personal trainer yeah so something like that but i mean right now all been... those sec schools are making what 25 30 million 25 million more a year probably a year. right but that's yeah. what i'm saying so and it's been happening for like four years though i mean yeah so you're, Gene, you're Gene already... was ringing the alarm on this in 2012 and it's been 11 but... years of this Right, so. but my point being, so let's say the last four years, SEC schools have averaged 25 to, let's say 25 million. Let's go on this uh, lower end. So Vanderbilt, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, all these schools in the last four years have made $100 million more in revenue than Florida State. Well, what do they have how's it look for? on the field? Yeah. Like you've, you've been able to find a way, you're going to have a top five team, top seven team in the country to start next season um, with that, uh, working at that um, disadvantage. So, hey, man, you just got to work smarter, not harder. Make your money make your money count. But right now, man, Florida State's, they're, they're all in, it would appear. All right, last one, Armchair Osceola. Good morning, guys. Hope you're both using the offseason to rest, recuperate, and take the opportunity to improve your already outstanding journalistic skill set. Ooh, wow, what would nice. be the journalism equivalent of tour of duty? 500 oh. words on a given topic in two hours, transcribing like an auctioneer, uh, Beacon drills at 100 words a minute, including numbers, punctuation, Mavis beacon drills, Mavis, Mavis, Aslan drilling hundreds of cold opens to the pod. Um, yeah, I don't, anything on my computer right now is tour of duty. This thing is on its last leg. Any any small thing I do on this becomes like an actual just elaborate waiting game. It's It's been driving me crazy. See, Aslan would never know this. He would never, um, you've never had to live this life. I would say, and we're just talking about sharpening skills, almost punishment, just to see if you can do it. Like this isn't this isn't making us better journalists. It's simply to, um, you know, see how much we want it. And if Gene was like, you have to go back in every Jimbo Fisher press conference from 2014, you have to transcribe the whole thing in its entirety, ellipses and all, tangents and all, every single word, um, everything he says, verbatim, verbatim, verbatim. Because those things would last 30 minutes now. So you were talking about, I would guess, 10,000 words, 8,000 words, just craziness. Um, so, so yeah, I would think that would be my equivalent. It's just transcribing Jimbo Fisher press con and having to do it in an hour or 45 minutes. Like having to be done in four, because you might be like, oh, that's, no. If you want to be exactly right, like anybody can just kind of get close. Oh, I think he said this or that. But if you have to be exactly right, which is what we do, it's what I do, it's part That's of my what, job yeah, is to get the quote yeah. exactly right. Um, you have to be with a fine-tooth comb, rewinding, playing, rewinding. What did he say there? That doesn't even make sense. Did he just say hunting dog? 
do you spell dog d-a-w-g or d-o-g like you know what's a show dog a show dog one word or two words at a compound like you have to you have to figure all that out that would be a, that would be the equipment i would rather go do or do the real tour of duty than do that <laughs> i really would at least i'd be i'd get in shape get in better shape uh speaking of tour of duty we will be out at one of the uh, final ones in a few weeks here. I'm not, I don't want to give out the exact date, but they've given us the uh, the calendar, if you will. So we will be out there. Why don't you want to give the exact date? I don't know. I mean, are we allowed to? Sometimes it tells us not to blow their spot send up? stuff out. I don't know, but anywho. But March 6th is when it starts, right? Spring the practice. Spring practice, First yes. spring practice, yes. Monday, March 6th. And they have a, di- they have a, a week off for spring break? And then it's uh, pretty much gung-ho until the spring game. And I got 11 days off. Yeah, that's going to be nice. That's cool. Uh, that's going to be when I'm on the cruise. Oh, perfect, perfect. I, gonna, I, how about that? I'm, that's going to keep I Ira well. up a few nights, though, wondering what kind of content he's going to have for 11 days. But he'll figure Well, it out. I'll be on the cruise, and I will not be worried about it. All right, here's the last. Here's a question from him. Real question. Oh. We know that FSU Clemson are the only two football programs of significance in the ACC. If you could wave a wand and resurrect four back to notoriety, who would they be? He goes with Syracuse, Georgia Tech, Virginia, Virginia Tech. Assuming For, North Carolina is already in a good place and Miami can stay terrible. What say you? All right, man, for the good of the conference, I know nobody wants to hear this. Yeah, say it. My, I, I don't want to say it. You say it. But Miami would yeah, be yeah. huge for the conference. Yeah. If my, Imagine Miami being a, a top 10-ish team to yeah. go along with Florida State and Clemson. Yep. All of a sudden, you got three powerhouses, man. Yep. Um, but they aren't, and they probably won't be. Um, I, I, Virginia Charlie Tech Strong's for sure. gone too, by the way. Charlie Strong's leaving yeah. them. Uh, so, wasn't wasn't asked to? I think he said it wasn't interviewed or wasn't asked to be retained. So um, something like that seemed like he had Gosh. some feathers ruffled there. Uh, I, Virginia Tech for sure. Yeah, that that is a that is a good a, a historical program, a really good fan base. They care. Um, I hope they can find a way to get, you know, maybe after this year, but I hope they can find a way to get decent to good again. Other than that, man, I don't know. What do you think, like Pitt or NC State? Georgia Tech would be good. I'll go Georgia Tech. I think Tech. NC State's going to be what they are. It's going to be what it is. This is what NC State could – this is as good yeah. as NC State can give it. Say eight or nine wins every couple of years. Uh, Georgia Pitt. Tech wouldn't be bad either just because I grew up in Atlanta. Uh, it, you know, that would be cool, but they don't matter either. Okay, final answer for me. Miami, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Louisville. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I like, because well, Georgia Tech's fan base isn't any good, and neither is Miami's, but Miami matters if they're good. And Virginia Tech and Louisville do have good fan bases. They really do care. They do show up. So, yeah, those are good picks. And Churchill Downs. That was fun. Yeah, exactly right. Hey, it's a Jack Harlow song. Did you know that, Aslan? That's right, yeah. With Drake. Mm-hmm. How about that? How, you, how hip am I? Put you in first class. <laughs> All right, we're done, everybody. That's it. That's a wrap for us. That's a wrap for the week, but plenty more going on over at wordchant.com. Check out Corey's column, uh, Fan Day, 1 o'clock, Dickhauser Stadium. So if you want to go check out uh, Link and the boys, hang out with them, chew the fat and all that kind of hey, stuff. Hey, the basketball team plays another home game on, uh, yeah. on Saturday against uh, Pitt. See if they can uh, avoid another loss. <laughs> we'll be back Monday, most likely. All right. Cool, Corey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are we still on? Peace, everyone. I love you. He's Corey. I'm Aslan. Thanks for listening to Wake Up Board Champ presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.